Hello, everybody. Today is a very unique situation because I have I have guests here that I've met on two completely separate occasions. Geraldine was a client and Mike and I did a sacred sexuality training together. And then I see on, I think, Geraldine's or Mike's Instagram that, you know, they met and like fell in love very quickly, <laughs> which I'm so excited to have them share um, about. Um, and yeah, it was so special to see two people that I, you know, that I have so much love for and respect come together and and um, develop what they have, you know, for a while now, including long distance. So I'm excited to have them on and share some long distance relationship wisdom because I don't think there's enough of it out there coming from people that are in, you know, conscious relationships. So welcome, guys, to Commitment Phobe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I would love, um, I would love you guys to start with how you met because I do remember it being special and I, and I don't remember the details. So I'm excited to hear it all over again. Yeah, I think you can start because he met me before I met him. Okay. So that's one way to put it. <laughs> I had a really strong love at first sight experience. Um, and it was seeing the back of her head. <laughs> <laughs> the back yeah. of your head is ridiculous. <laughs> I always quote that. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was on Halloween last year, uh, so not this past Halloween, but the two Halloweens ago, 2022's Halloween, and um, yeah, I just saw her and felt a really strong pull, which was something that um, was a bit of a radar that came off for me that I learned about in that course that we did together. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a bit of a thing that I noticed about myself. And so I followed that. And at the time when I got to see her again, we were, it was a pretty big party. And when I got to see her again, she was performing and I saw that she had a partner and I didn't pursue. I was like, okay. And just left it at that. But the unique bit for me was that it stayed for days. I was like, who is that? Because I knew most of the people at the party. And I was like, who, who, who is she? And I, I really, she kept kind of circling in my mind and that was really unique. And then if you wanna, if you wanna go. Yeah, and then I was invited to a New Year's party and this is after I had finally broken up with my ex and he had moved out. And we, yeah, we met, I went, I drove up with actually with his ex and um yeah just coming into one of the guest houses they hugged and then he opened his eyes and knows me uh behind her and so. i was like oh my god it's her in my mind i was like oh my god it's her whoa <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah we just started the weekend it was a house full of 60 people and i was new and um it was exciting i was meeting everybody but mike came up to me and expressed that he had strong like a, a strong attraction towards me like on the second day i was mm. like okay thanks <laughs> <laughs> what she said like she was like oh okay thanks <laughs> and then and then i was like okay let's that wasn't a no and that wasn't a yes it was just this like let's see yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. We just went back. Mike, that's not that's not something that you hear most guys say, you know, like most guys hold that back. And you know, that's or like or at least like that's what I hear of like, but yeah, I you know, I, I was thinking about her or I had, you know, I felt attracted for forever, but didn't do anything about it. Why did you do something about it? Um, it's it's rare to get that feeling. And that mm-hmm. feeling is worth pursuing. Um, I like for me that is it it's a it's a deeper radar than like I'm attracted to somebody. I don't know exactly what it is, but um it's worth following up on. You know, when I felt that I didn't feel that for months. So for me mm. it's a good sign to be like, okay, no, this is worth yeah, you know, pursuing and putting myself out there. And I've done enough things where I've just allowed myself to be like crushed by women. So where it's like, uh-huh. oh, I like you, even though like I kind of don't, I was just attracted to them or whatever. And then for it to not be reciprocated. So I mm. felt comfortable at least putting myself out there for that. So yeah. Was that something that you always felt comfortable with or or was it like an, a new confidence sort of a thing? I had to train that. Um, when I first went to college that I was like, okay, how do I, how do I do this? Mm. How do I approach women essentially? Um, and yeah yeah that was pretty much the method so there's a bit of like okay i have to get used to this feeling of putting myself out there and not always being received yeah but still trying mm-hmm. anyway Hmm. okay and so you were met with okay thanks and then where did you guys take it from there uh we i think we ended up just talking a lot like we just kept having these like really in-depth conversations and hanging out at the at the random events that they would have um i remember the next morning we decided to eat leftovers from the last night but they were not in the fridge so we were like okay these are so delicious is it worth risking (laughs) they were kept outside yeah (laughs) um that they were not in the fridge and then we're like oh yeah like yeah this is like this food was so delicious. So that was like one of the bonding moments that we had. And then I just remember on New Year's, we were just talking in the kitchen for like two hours about jujitsu and family. And through that, we ended up snuggling that night and kissing for the first time. Mm. And it was really electric. It mm. felt really good. And from there, that we were like finding little spots to make out in the and we just follow the the energy that was there which is really fun and exciting and after new year's he ended up and ended up inviting him over to just like stay with me and he did so it was like from there then on whenever he was in new york he was staying with me Um, and in the beginning of our relationship in the beginning we were more open because we weren't sure like what it was, Mike was about to go on uh, to the monastery. He had already made a decision to go to the monastery for six months that year. So there was this complexion that he shared with me around having met me and having expected to not have any ties before going off to a monastery for six months or more, Mm. right? That big decision. The universe is little games that it just likes to play. 
Yeah, prepare wow. these little tests, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens when you're not looking for it, right? So yeah. how, yeah, at the time, especially when you guys were just, you know, when Mike was coming over and just staying with you whenever he came, how were you holding that, like, intense connection that you had with each other and not future tripping, right? Or or maybe you weren't future tripping, but but how was that process? I feel that we, you know, from the beginning, you know, when when I left, she stayed for one more night at the party. Um, and when I was on my car ride home, I texted her and it was a fairly intense text of just like, hey, we don't have a lot of time, particularly I, I was leaving for a trip in Morocco. I was going to be there for like a month. And then I had like a few weeks before I was leaving for the monastery. And um, and I texted her and was like, hey, like, I'm going to be fully transparent in the fact that I feel a lot for you and I would like to see where this goes. And there was a complete bearing and uh, she reciprocated. And I think that so much of what we did during that time while we were together was just, it was, I felt so present with her and there wasn't really this like, oh, this means this. And it felt very natural and felt very easy. Um, and I think that there was, there was an intense love that, that was there. Hmm. And we both knew that and we're operating from that space. And so I think that helped with just remaining present and just like, okay, like I trust whatever, whatever happens will happen. Um, yeah, I feel like that's been a big theme of our relationship in general as well. It's just like, okay, I trust. Yeah. I remember in the message, there was something around not having walls, like, a, like, oh, I commit to like not having any walls. It's just like, this is what it is. Um, and that's just been the theme, the whole relationship just from there of just always sharing what's alive, of clearing things when they come up. Uh, it just like started from the very beginning of being able to show each other who we are were um, at every moment. Wow, that that is so mature and deep, you know, because what you guys are talking about is is that idea that love is free, you know, that if if that it's not necessarily about you know this promise that you make to each other um, or a future. It's 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 like Mike, you were just being really clear with, you know, this is how I feel, this is what I want, which is that, you know, when you talk about polarity, it's like that masculine leadership, right? That direction and clarity. And yeah. so you you could have said, I want you and I don't know where this is going. And still, that's, that's still providing clarity and leadership. Yeah. Okay. So, so Geraldine, that was, that sounds extremely different than your last relationship. <laughs> so what was it? Yeah. Like literally I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> but, but of course it's almost like that last one was, was such a teaching experience for you. Just like being met with so much lack of communication and struggle in that area. So what was it like for you to now enter this relationship where everything was being communicated? Yeah. I mean, it was really powerful. There's some, there have been some moments where I've 
been received in such a way that I wasn't in my last relationship. Um, one of the examples I can think of is me sharing to Mike that I have gotten really close to a male friend and that I have like a love for him and that it was just that and being able to share that with Mike and for it to be like accepted and like uh, just like supported and just it, it was just like a sense of ease and I remember just crying over my ramen um <laughs> because um, <laughs> it was like the exact same situation I had in my previous relationship that exploded and made everything um fall apart so it was like really healing to have these moments where Mike responded to me very differently or was you know he's not I have never experienced him being judgmental towards me, which has also been a way for me to just like ease and share and just like really be open to him. Um, because I, I was never afraid to share anything, even if it was difficult. Like when we met, my ex's stuff was still in my basement. He had still like not <laughs> gotten all of his stuff out, you know? So it was, um, yeah, like when we met, things were still kind of, shaky I was fresh out of that so if anything it was just like a huge relief to have to feel this way um and a lot of gratitude mm. wow yeah that's so powerful like to be able to feel that freedom again like going back to just this free freedom and permission and love for each other right like you're just it's it, yeah I mean so beautiful to be able to just love someone for who they are and not play, right, not own them. Mike, what do you what do you attribute that to? Like, where was that coming from for you? It was coming from just it's genuine love. I it's <clears throat> you know I, I I tell her this kind of pretty regularly. Like, I don't know you. I don't know like what box to put her in, and I don't want to put her in a box. And every day she shows me who she is. And, and it's like really allowing for that. And, and of course, like I'm a human and I have all my, I've, my brain would love to put her in a box and I, I just mm -hmm. note it and I try to drop it. And uh, when she does something that's like not in accord with my image of her, it's like, oh yeah, cause I, I don't know who she is, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not that like, I don't, it's not like I don't know what she likes and whatever, you know, all these things. It's more of like, I know, like, I don't want to define her. And uh, in that it allows, I find it allows her to be who she is. And, and it allows me to not like do my best to not act from my own scripts of who I think she is. Uh, and so I feel that it helps keep things a little, like fresh. And, and, but, but it doesn't feel like I'm actively doing that. It just is, it just feels very natural. Mm. Um, and yeah for me it's just it's really coming from a place of just genuine just love I just love her and, yeah. yeah oh beautiful I one of the first um workshops that I did like the landmark of the first personal mm. development workshop they talked about how the deepest intimacy you can have with someone is when you meet them every day as if you don't know them like as if you're meeting them fresh every day and it was so mind blowing. Like, how could there be intimacy with a stranger? But it's just what you said. You're not relating 
to the image that you're creating with someone, right? You're, you're, you're just re relating to the raw things that are happening in the moment and not putting someone in a box. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, you know, a wonderful classic Buddha quote. It's uh, like the difference between like and love. And it's like, when you, when you like a flower, you clip it. And when you love a flower, you just water it. Mm. And it's, it's in that watering. It's like, you don't know, like maybe the leaves will fall off. You don't like, you don't, maybe, maybe it's going to go through a moment of closing before it opens again, or, you know, it's going to go through this process. If you clip it, you freeze it. And then, I mean, of course, then it withers and dies and does that whole thing. But, you know, before that, you have like your little pristine <laughs> image of what you think the flower is when you clip yeah. it versus mm -hmm. like allow it to become what it's in process of becoming. Mm. Yeah, so deep, like so much surrender and and reverence to the process. So, Mike, you go where at some point? Yeah, where where did you go? You went to a yeah, yeah so, a monastery. Yeah, I went to a monastery. I went to Upaya Zen Center. It's in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, the founder of it is Joan Halifax. Um, look her up; she's amazing. Okay, uh, cool. And yeah, I was there for six months. It's a Zen Buddhist monastery. Um, it's been there for a long time. And the the people within the network are all the teachers that we know of. You know, mm. Joan was good friends with Ram Das and like Jack Cornfield and all these people are all, it's all the same, that generation of, of teachers. Um, so yeah, I was there for six months. Wow, that's so cool. This was after you were already kind of going through a process right like you weren't working when when we did ISTA together yep yeah I wasn't working well uh yeah I wasn't working uh, a little bit after ISTA I started my own company I was doing that for about a year did that for most of 2022 um and so but I ended up walking away from that to go to the monastery um mm. so but yeah yeah just in general was on quite the journey after we met each other yeah. yeah, super cool. It seemed like you were just stripping yourself away from everything you thought yourself to be and like discovering who you really were like at your core. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been a process I've been in for some time. I mean, I first started like kind of meditating and stuff when I first entered college. So about 10 years ago. Hmm. Awesome. So what did you, what, what was your um, agreement at that point? You go off for six months. So what do you guys decide? Well, at that point, we had just decided that we were going to like deeply continue this through the six months. Um, there was a recognition of we had so many gifts for each other. So that's when we're like, okay, we're, we're like together. This is, this is real. So while he was off, I don't know, I had, the way I explain it to people is that I was celibate for the six months. Like, I felt like I had, if I wanted to pursue something or have something outside, um, I felt like I had that permission to, but I didn't want to. Mm. Since he was doing such a deep practice for six months, like, I wanted to invoke that for myself. So I chose to be celibate for that whole time and practice. I was deep in my self-pleasure practices and my jade egg practices. Mm. 
by um, completing the Layla Martin's Vita program. So through yeah, that, what? And- oh my gosh, I'm like, I have no idea. I would love to hear like, what was that like for you and some of the challenges and, and takeaways? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me that was difficult, I think, was lack of physical contact. I had always been in relationships where like I was spending a lot of time with them. So to be living alone uh, for six months and like not have that. Um, I, I remember towards like four months in, I would go to my friend's parties just to give everybody hugs. <laughs> 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 and then give them all hugs and then come home. Uh, <laughs> or like, I remember like when my tall male friends would hug me and like support the back of my neck, I would just melt. I was so hungry for like, that kind of touch yeah um and but it felt really good like i was doing my jade egg practices i um was experiencing more subtle energy like i was noticing my orgasmic energy more um subtleties of it and kind of doing practicing microcosmic orbits and and i ended up having some cool profound um experiences when i was at the vita retreat um like my first cervical orgasm with no toy was awesome (laughs) left me like laughing on my yoga mat like i had the laughing fit right after it was oh my god whoa Uh, and i had um yeah i was able to really um prioritize and give myself that because um i had never really given myself that alone time to be able to cultivate these practices and actually do them on a pretty regular basis so it was really fulfilling um and i also got to pick back up on the program and i did a lot of i i did i spent most of my summer like doing things related to the vita program just to catch up and it was really lovely another thing uh, while he was at the monastery, we, we would still talk. We would have long phone calls every two weeks. Mm-hmm. But another aspect of it was that I was so used to asking for validation or opinion of whoever I was dating. Um, yeah. The pattern I had from my parents. Yeah. And I got to practice my own discernment during this because it, Mike wasn't always online to like, whenever I was about to make a decision, a financial decision, like, or um, whether to do this or that, right? So yeah. it was really empowering to kind of come back to myself. Mm. Wow, I love that because that was something that was huge that we worked together too. So again, it's like the universe just sent you the perfect experience for you to be forced to to like turn to yourself that's amazing <laughs> wow especially when you know i did a few bouts of like long-term silence you know like three weeks and um and so during that time it was no like we weren't talking really at all um except for like one time she called me and was like i need to talk and i, and I was like 100 i'm here for it and then at that time i haven't said like really anything for like two weeks <laughs> 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 i love how wow. excited 
about that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, would you would you say that that celibacy is important for everyone to experience and that kind of like development of connection to, I guess, pleasure with yourself? I think it's a really beautiful thing to offer yourself, uh, especially if you catch yourself in patterns of maybe codependency or, you know, seeking your pleasure in another person or just these kind of patterns where we kind of externalize our desires and what we want. Um, so that period of just being with myself and it actually gave myself space to be able to cultivate these practices, um, was really beautiful for me, especially as someone who really wants to embody this work, um, that really wants to live a life with pleasure and wants to cultivate, you know, my sexual energy and my sensuality and have that be um a big fuel for for my day to day um i think it's really magical for that um yeah and even, um i've been doing some some more work around it since he's been back and he's even offered me it's like i told him that i wanted to like approach sex a little bit slower in the beginning and like really asking my yoni for full permission um before penetration or really allowing myself to get fully aroused you know just like giving that space and he was like is being celibate something you want to do for a little for some time like it's totally okay like he was just offering that and I was mm -hmm. just like wow. no I don't need that um but yes like it felt really good that he didn't like impose he doesn't impose sex and like understands yeah. that decisions are part of my spiritual personal growth hmm. um, so it was really empowering to receive that yeah that's interesting because there's so much content and support and talk out there about how important it is to keep sex alive and and have a healthy sex life and all this and it almost like does to me sounds a little bit like we need each other to have to like we need each other for our sex we need each other to keep that sexual energy alive um yeah there is a little bit of dependency in there like there isn't a talk about how to create space for whatever for you know for even just a space where one of you is celibate or something like that i think that probably you know in more longer term couples, like sex is one of the first things to go. So I think it's a yeah. easy one to be like, all right, let's get this back. And I think that in the process, like when you lose it, it to bring it back is you have to work through a lot. Mm. Um, Cause it's not just like, oh, we're, we're not having sexual intercourse. It's like, no, we're not connecting on a much, like on a much deeper level that makes it hard for us to enter into that space where we want to open to each other for that. And so I think that that's like probably a big reason for that. With that yeah. said, I think like celibacy in general is a really important practice because it just enables us to see how often, especially men will use sex for feeling validated, for feeling like we're doing things right or that like that life is good, essentially. Uh, it's such a big marker for us culturally, it tends to be. And so 
to intentionally withdraw from that, especially if it's an, in abundance, if you have it, it, like, you know, if I can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that that resonates with me for sure. Um, just like personally right now, I, I also haven't even been in connection, like, you know, like in that physical connection with anyone. And, and it's made me ask a lot of the questions that you guys, you know, just mentioned of, is this something that I can create for myself? Because then I don't want to meet someone and have that be so overwhelming. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a question that I often ask myself, like, how do I keep myself in check so that I, I'm not like so overwhelmed by sexual desire and, and can actually be present and conscious with that energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> having, mm-hmm. having now gone through the the six months of long distance, what would you say are some general tips that you guys would give, um, considering like all the challenges, mistakes, and all of the things that you guys said, like, wow, we did great. <laughs> I think we began with a lot of intention. Uh, we wanted, we wrote each other letters in the beginning, or um, we also had journal prompts of like, okay, like, what is it that you desire for the next six months? Like, it just felt very supportive and nourishing. Uh, we were sending each other packages. I sent him a surprise package with the necklace that he's wearing right now. And um, it was because mm-hmm. he had a necklace that he would wear for like three years and he lost it a few, like a month before going to the monastery. So um, I found this one from the same company, from the same person who made it. And it has inscribed in morse code words like enlightenment and flow state and just um all of these words that resonate with his like mission right now uh and i sent it to him in a package and i had him i guided him through a five senses reality of um of where he sees himself in six months and I had him pull out the package and just the chain and put the chain on so he could like feel the weight of the necklace. No, I was blindfolded in my eyes. Yeah, Aww. he had his eyes closed and like like he would feel the weight so he could be part of his like five senses reality. And then mm-hmm. he actually had to open the pendant. Um, and it was really he was really touched. Um, but it was just like trying to make it special still. Like that was obviously a big gesture, but you know, whenever we'd have a FaceTime date. Um, he'd buy me dinner and like, I could get order delivery. Uh, <laughs> that's like, cute. Yeah. We were really intentional about trying to create experiences for each other. Mm-hmm. And, and so what we would do is we'd like pass the baton back and forth of like, okay, it's your turn to think of something. It's my turn to think of something. It's, you know, and we did that quite a few times. Uh, I think something that is easy to happen is that it you're talking all the time and having FaceTimes all the time. And then it kind of loses its, uh, the specialness of like, oh, like we're interacting, you know? What a gift. Wow, we get mm-hmm. to, I get to be filled with your presence right now and your attention. And so I think that we were really intentional about making time valuable. Especially, I mean, it helps, like I was in a monastery, I didn't have that much time. So it'd be like, okay, I had like, we had like the day off and we would talk for like seven hours. <laughs> wow. 
and, and at more towards the end we started to we were facetiming on a pretty regular cadence and you know we would just pop on for a little while but there was always this intention of like okay how can we make this something special and how do we make this just feel more intentional with our time that like amplifies as opposed to withdraws yeah I'm going to guess like any relationship, there were moments where there was, you know, miscommunications or things getting lost in translation, you know, because, especially when you're in long distance. So any any tips that you guys have, even just now of how to untangle when there's misunderstandings or miscommunications? I mean, I think text is awful for communicating your feelings, <laughs> yeah. so, at least getting on the phone. For those kind of conversations i think is just so important um, yeah i feel like i feel like we didn't really often send text messages unless it was a logistical thing um otherwise it was always voice notes or video video notes we were doing that a lot actually we were sending the video notes um <clears throat> we we didn't i feel like we didn't hit we didn't hit like too heavy of a snag or conflict really when I went to Canada. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We got to navigate like difficult emotion together. Okay. Um, but it was more of like a holding space and just like create, you know, hey, I'm, I can talk as much as you need about this. I'm available for this. Call me if you need me for this. If, if they missed a call, then it's okay. We call back, we play phone tag, we set up the time. Um, assuming like good intent mm. and like, just knowing that the state of our relationship is important to both of us. And, uh, you know, we, and, and this is one of the, one of the challenges that came up is uh, she, she went to a festival and, you know, was in that space of being in a festival and having fun. And, you know, she, she kissed somebody and we, we got to speak to this and, and to hold space for it. And that's within the, that was within the realm of our agreements and it was okay for that um <clears throat> but it still hurt a bit and for me and uh especially like it was a festival i really wanted to go to and like you know so many things <laughs> and uh <clears throat> and yeah i think that we just were able to like continually return you know with all sorts of things we keep like an open door like this can be returned to at any point you know it's never like fully done and if we think it is and it comes back up like it's all good and allowing wow. for that wow um, it's that's so different from like the stereotypical conversation of like you're bringing this up again like what the hell that already happened right yeah i thought we were over this yeah yeah because we're not you know I, things are a spiral and there's so it, it, these sorts of things show their face in so many ways so we yeah. need to build a whole place for, and for that yeah yeah, yeah, especially when it's touching a core wound, you know, it's that that it can't be so simple, right? It can't be as simple as like, all right, we talked about it because mm -hmm. it's it's not about necessarily what happened, but maybe that core wound that that was touched for you. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything else that, you know, that you could advise to to have such a like I think this this is so common, you know what you guys just mentioned that you know someone has, you know, an interaction with someone else. And even if it's in the agreement, like how do you navigate that conversation? What's important to, to have? I think when it comes, what I learned 
um, from especially from my last relationship is always take things at the pace of the slowest person. Um, mm. And that's just something good to hold in general. Um, and yeah, like for example, very recently this past New Year's, I had an interaction with someone, I kissed someone and I went and told Mike afterwards and I got to like hold that space of what that brought up in him and um but it also is like me just being as honest as possible like as honest as possible about the interaction how I felt about it what it meant to me um how it originated like like just like sharing everything and not having there not being a single thread of like what if this or what if it was like that I'm just sharing it all like entire entirety so there's a lot of trust in that, that I can come and like explain the whole situation. Um, and then that way he can allow that to kind of settle in his body a little bit more, not be so like in his head around it. And then just hold space for whatever comes up. Maybe it's his little boy that comes up of like fear of being, um, you know, like left or, or not providing something that she could, for example. And it's like, just holding space for that and just being totally attentive to it. And in the same way that we just mentioned, like allowing this to come up and um, allowing it to resurface if it needs to, because it's, it's a sense of prioritizing the other person's well-being. Um, and I also know that when it comes to interactions outside of the relationship, when there's a sense of urgency, it feels like, that just comes from a place of seeking or need fulfillment or something um, or scarcity versus if something comes from truth, it's slow. It's like, yeah, you can, you can, it's a, it's a very different frequency of like, oh, I don't need to have this interaction. Like I can tend to our relationship and once it, and he's also making an effort to show up as well. Like he doesn't point the finger at me of like you made me feel like this or you did this he's always owning his emotions um as something that he gets to deal with or sit with so it's like this cooperation of just consideration on all fronts of each other yeah mm, powerful mm -hmm. mm. um I don't even remember the question. Oh, yeah. If uh, you guys handle these tough situations. Um, but I was, I thought Mike was going to say something, but I'm guessing I, I can that was good. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's, it goes back to this, just relinquishing how I think I feel about something and allowing myself to just feel the thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that like, <clears throat> And, you know, and say in this scenario or, or in the scenario where we were long distance I and mean, when we were long distance, it's like, I would have that call and then I would spend hours just that day meditating with it and sitting with the existential pain of that. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, but I, I think that's so much of the process of just like navigating, um, difficulty together is just in the like we're a team and understanding that like the other person's not out to get me 
They're not out to hurt me. They're not out to, they want, if anything, they want the best for me. And to understand that and to trust that is enables space for the difficulties of like, oh man, this really sucks. Like I, I feel, I don't feel worthy right now. I don't feel, I don't feel strong right now. I don't feel like a king right now. And being able to say that to her and to tell her that is like, and then for her to hold space, because I could say that and that might hurt her to hear, even hear that. And so it's kind of like this space of like, okay, let me not act from a place of malice. Let me not, it's not tit for tat. It's not revenge. It's like, no, like we need to get to a place of wholeness together. And in order to get to that place of wholeness together, we have to both be able to speak what is coming up for us, to allow what is coming up to be in the space, and then to tend to it. And and I, I think that that's just the, that's the same process I do with myself when difficult emotions come up. It's like, okay, let me, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to mm-hmm. sit with myself and allow myself to feel it and to be with it. Cause I, you know, I've tried the other methods of like, no, like this doesn't exist. And, or like, oh, like rejection, whatever it might be, right. Getting angry and, and taking the anger, putting it outwards and breaking shit, you know, like when I was younger and it's like, I know that that doesn't work. And it, the same thing goes for relationships. Like if I blow up, like it doesn't, it doesn't help anybody and it makes the situation a lot worse. So it's like, okay, can I, can I sit with this? Can I actually speak to what I'm actually feeling as opposed to pointing outside myself of like, oh, this made me feel this way and therefore I'm going to kill it, you know? Like, and we do that. Not with people, but like, you know, with, <laughs> with objects. It's like we want to just get rid of it. We want to destroy, you know? There's like, we want it yeah. to not be there. And uh, the reality is it's there and it's not going to go anywhere. And instead of like pushing it away or trying to hide it, we can give it a nice hug. And mm. deal with it and be like, all right, fine. Like, okay, this, mm. is, this is where I'm at right now. This is what I'm feeling. So. Yeah. Oh, so good. Because it, what you guys are, are saying is not like, like, here's the formula to make relationship work. Like what you're saying is like, here's how to be a human and allow your humanness and be in humanness with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which... <laughs> <laughs> which I think like personally, you know, I've, I've studied so much of like polarity stuff and feminine masculine and all of that. Sometimes it, it sabotages my process because sometimes I'm thinking too much, like, how do I be the feminine here? Or like, mm-hmm. how do I hold space for this person's feminine or, or, or their masculine or whatever? And, and I think it takes away from what's alive and, and, and true right now. Yeah. You know, and even, even in, in what you said, Geraldine about, you know, I just I just said literally everything that was true about the situation, how I felt, what it meant to me. Um, when, you know, when that goes against, like, you know, say say what you need to say, but maybe don't say all of it because it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely heard that. Yeah, and that's like because that's how relationships work. I like that this is like, well, let's take out those formulas and actually just be with what's real and what's true, and and. And honor that, right? And and see what happens and learn from it. And and that goes for the good parts. That's the other thing, is it goes for the good parts. It's like there's no formula for me to make her orgasm. Hmm. You know? Like there's like there's things I can do and try, you know, and work towards getting there. But like 
if I can just stick in like, okay, let me listen to her and let me, let me act accordingly the next best thing, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know what the next, next best thing is. I only know what the next best thing is because of what's being right now. And it's informing what the next decision is or what the next action is. And it goes for navigating conversation. It goes for making love. It goes for walking down the street and seeing a stranger and saying, hi, you know, it kind of, it goes in all places. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's about following the next resonant thing, right? The next alive thing. Yeah. Um, today, actually, I was in an acupuncture session where the treatment was literally called um, treatment for releasing things that are haunting you that you're yeah. unconscious. Yeah. Like literally it's like when you have the most repressed memory ever, like this is yeah. what we're going to do. And so yeah. I'm laying on the table and I, and I tend to have a lot of mental resistance um, so I'm just kind of like talking to myself through it and, and I start to let out anger. I start to scream and I'm still very much in my head and I, and I start to feel energy in my fists and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go for it. And I start hitting the table and before you know it, I'm full fledged exorcism. Like my body's just shaking. My hands look like, you know, like a dinosaur hands. Um, my, my spinal, like my back just starts lifting. And, and it was like. I just followed what my body was saying. Like, I, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't know. This is kind of weird, you know, hitting the table. But it was exactly what, you know, it was the entry point to, to get into that state, to allow my body to move the energy. Um, so, yeah, it reminded me of what you said about the orgasm, because sometimes it's like if I don't tap into the grief that's there, then I can't actually reach, you know, the orgasmic state in me. Yeah. What um what are some things that you guys have learned about yourselves being in this relationship? I, I think for me, one thing that's unlocked in a a way that I haven't seen before is uh just how how much I feel I can do anything. And there's a there's a space of like her her aside i feel like i can do anything and with her here i feel like i could really do anything and um there's there's something to that and i don't really have words for it mm-hmm. but there's a, a a tangible feeling of like you know relationship in general a common thing you'll hear men say is like, I feel like she puts so much pressure on me. I feel like I have to, I have to be up to her expectations or whatever it is. And like, the reality is like the pressure and the expectations are not real. It's just what you put on yourself in how you want to be for this person. And, and ultimately for yourself. And, and so for me, it's like the, the person that I want to be for her and the person that I want to be for myself is a very high bar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's something I've learned to become more intimate with through our relationship. And it's been so useful and so beautiful to be able to witness in myself. Yeah. Really powerful. Yeah. For me, it's, it's somewhat similar. There's a sense 
there's a large sense of empowerment and just acceptance for anything that comes through any emotion that I feel like expressing any desire that I have he's um there's just been a lot of love and acceptance around it and it's also encouraged me to have more love and acceptance for especially the difficult emotions that can come through um so I think that that's been really beautiful to 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 have and there's like a a large level of attunement um that he has to me that I, I feel like it's um it's like a frequency that we that we get to drop into where we're kind of tending to each other um in this very natural way um and I find that just another great thing that um I've learned in, in this relationship yeah hmm beautiful any any last words that you guys want to offer to um I don't even know to who I'm like I guess to to people who are wanting to create a powerful conscious relationship something that yeah that that you want to offer as a gift that has really made a difference for you guys aside from anything that you've shared I feel like the just the classic cliche of like you can only go deep as deep with someone else as you can with yourself is true. And there's so much value in getting to know yourself. And there's so much value and, and like we often get to know ourselves through others. And it's a good it's a great mechanism of relationship, the ways in which they, you know, kind of sharpen the blade. Mm. But but nothing replaces having a practice that involves self-discovery. And, and it's an essential core piece of a thriving relationship in all, all areas. You know, it's like everything I've learned in romantic relationships, like I apply to my friendships, I apply to my, with my parents, I apply it everywhere because it's just relating. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> There's, you know, there's an extra bit, of course, and, um, but yeah, just really that process of self-discovery is really important and it's ongoing. It doesn't end. And so, yeah, I think that's like, it's really my, the main tip, I guess, that I have. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I think kind of adding on to that is being able to speak up, like just this sense of communication and creating safety around communication to bring up the hard things, um, to bring up what's alive. One of the things that you actually shared with me tonight is like, if it's in your head, it's in the space. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> really applying that. And then also being able to speak your needs to the other person, say something was sticky. It's like, okay, what would you like to hear from me? Or what can I, is there anything I can do to support you or, or help you in any way, you know? And it's just this um, wanting to fulfill each other's needs and this very open communication. And the way you know how to do that is if you know that for yourself, like if you know what you desire, if you have this 
connection with yourself uh, to be able to to know what it is that you want and it goes along with that self-discovery it's like oh is it me do i need like reassurance of our relationship you know that sometimes can come up or you know the other day i was like I asked him, I was like, do you still believe I'm trustworthy? You know, and I'll just give myself permission to ask these things just because a thread of doubt is there in my mind of like, are you mad at me? You know, and then he gets to respond. Usually the answer is like, nothing has changed about how, what, it, what I think about you, how I feel about you or anything, but it's that willingness to be able to share those doubts um, and, and have those be cleared. I think it's something that we practice constantly in our relationship that mm. has allowed us to stay light and playful and sexy. Just, yeah. Mm. I love that. Yeah. It, it's like, it can be so easy to release and move through something if you just name it, right. Even something like, can you just remind me that you still love me or can you tell me everything's okay? Yeah. And it's like in that process of her asking that, and then it, now it's on me to, provide that so it's like how how do I want to provide that and it's like I'm like I'm gonna just hold her and tell tell you know like a sweet like it's just like a sweet little baby I'm just gonna tell her you know as sweet as I can mm. because it's it's all just a process of healing and it's all just a process of like oh like oh there's a little there's a part of her that feels not trustworthy right now because of whatever just happened and mm. and I feel I feel zero amount of me feels like I can't trust her. I feel so, like I can trust her fully. Let me communicate that. Let me put that part of like, am I trustworthy? Let me put that to, you know, let me tuck it in and make it feel swaddled, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're in my, I, I'm like feeling my eyes watering here. This is so beautiful. <laughs> no, you just... You mentioning that just made, reminded me. I, I said something when we were in bed and um, he had his hand on my tummy or something. And I had the thought, I was like, wow, like like me maybe in college or in high school would have been like so like, you know, afraid of someone having their hand on my tummy like that, you know? Like I just named that. It wasn't, it didn't feel alive for me in that moment, but it was just like, I had that thought. I was like, wow, like, like 12 year old Geraldine or whatever like would have been you know afraid of that and he just goes in and starts like kissing my tummy and then he was like where else and then like point to a spot and then he like goes and kiss it there and then and then he <laughs> went all over and I was like all right do it again as a joke and he did and it was just like <laughs> I was just laughing the whole time and it was just like just an example of like how much love and just like desire to really bring healing and and attention and and care for each other when we share these little little bits it's like he was so eager to you know so beautiful seriously yeah yeah oh that's so good yeah and, and for you like it it's so good to recognize those moments of wow look at how much i've grown this would have been uncomfortable and now it's not uh well, thank you both so much for coming onto the podcast. I feel like you filled my my space with love. I'm just like feeling, you know, just like fluttery and uh, 
And, and yeah, there's something very sacred about everything that you shared today, just spoke to, to love, you know, and what it is to, to be in reverence of love and, and see how it's all medicine for us. Anything that comes up in a relationship, it's, it's all coming back to heal us somehow. Yeah. It's a verb. We do it. Mm. (laughs) Thank you tonight. Yeah. To be here. Mm, my pleasure um are you guys hosting any any events anytime soon that you want to um give a shout out to or anything uh not any events right now i do host events around sensuality um like a sensual story with my friend and um i'll probably be posting that on my instagram here in new york uh so yeah just I, that, I think that would be the only thing. And then I'm starting to take clients for um, coaching and female sexuality uh, using tantric practices and self-pleasure and, and sensual movement. And uh, I'm really excited to start offering that. So that's mm. Yeah, I love that. I'll, I'll post your Instagram. And you guys should check it out for some awesome pole dancing content. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to feel like, oh, like I just watch your stuff and and I feel like empowered as a woman, you know, like look at her, you know, just owning her body and her sensuality. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) 